Hello and welcome. We are doing a movie talk about podcast where we watch the top 100 movies of 2019. I'm Jenny. I'm Dan. And we're going to talk about it. So Dan, what did we watch? We watched Coco and that is an animated Pixar movie about a young musician boy um, living in Mexico. Dan, what would you say is your initial thoughts? I think it might be one of the 100 best movies of all time. It's good, a good one. Good stuff. <laughs> so, to jump right in, one key detail, because I think this movie is so amazingly detailed, is that the very beginning, I actually googled this between when we watched it and now, they have these paper cutouts that show all the exposition you need, and if you're going to have an exposition dump, I'm really happy that they go about it in theme with the movie, rather than narration over nothing. They, they visualize the mother being left by the father and starting the shoe empire with what is called papel picados, which are paper cutouts. And uh, they're very beautifully illustrated, in my opinion. So a really strong start and a really good backdrop. There's a lot of good setup before Miguel gets into the whole, I want to play music. One of my favorite ones is when he's walking through the market and he comes across the Alabrijes and he starts knocking against all the Alabrijes and then he hits Dante, mm-hmm. who later on, <laughs> spoiler alert, becomes oh. an Alabrijes. So I thought that was really good foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Really good callback and foreshadowing. The whole beginning sequence has a lot of planting of things that are going to be later on very important, like A, the family structure. Um, it's not so much a callback later on, but just a really key theme. And I think the beginning does a great job of showing how key and how potent this particular family's connection is. Yeah, especially on the um, ofrenda where he has all the family members and the grandma's talking about, or maybe you'll make Oxfords like you, Tio. Mm, and it has yeah. all the pictures of the people, so you can kind of see who they are before you get introduced to them for real later on. Exactly, yeah. For, for dead real. For real dead. They're super dead. One other thing of callback is when or Miguel is up in his shrine with the Ernesto shrine and he's watching videos and he's got all these pictures and candles. It shows, A, how he learns music, which I think is really, really cool and does a lot to show how hardworking Miguel is as a character and how dedicated he is to music, just through repetition and visual learning. But also, um... I think it's awesome that they have the callback where like they will listen to music and throughout the movie a couple times, music callbacks, and he gets people to listen to him and expresses himself through music. My good planting of seeds early on. I never realized before when he's watching the Ernesto de la Cruz and he's like talking about him, how he was the best musician and how he died. They made it very obvious, but I never realized how the stagehand old man killed Ernesto. Oh, right. When he with, leaned against the lever. And crushed him with the bell. Yeah. Also, a bell would never be that heavy as a stage <laughs> How heavy would it be? A lot lighter. Not heavy enough to kill anyone. Light yeah. enough to easily hoist. Made out of foam or something? It's probably. That's not crushing anybody. That's nobody. But Ernesto is also a larger-than-life superstar in, what is this, the 70s, 60s? Or is it modern day? <sighs> it's black and white. And it's his great-great-grandma. Right. So when he dies, it would be way earlier than... Maybe like the 40s. That makes sense. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. let's go with that. When did um The Wizard of Oz come out? That was black and white. I have no idea. Okay. 20s? No, not... Huh. I don't know. 
Whatever. That era. <laughs> when was my mom a kid? The 50s? Eh, 40s, 50s. Black and white stuff was. Sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Call your mom. Well researched. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the one thing about the opening third that I really didn't like is his whole plan. Because he wants to get into the music world. And he wants to become a musician, even though his family is staunchly against it. But his plan is to steal the most famous dude in the country's guitar out of his tomb and play in a talent show with that. I mean, even for a child like Miguel is, it's really poorly thought out and very dumb. He would just show up to the stand and immediately be arrested or caught. And his yeah, plan there's would be no kaput. way that somebody wouldn't recognize that guitar. Yeah, absolutely not. Quite distinctive. Got the opalescent sparkle. Even for We have a cat, and he's trying to get under a pillow right now. And we're both basking in the glory oh of his fuzzy booty trying to get under the pillow. He's very confused. Oh, Put the, yeah, just flip the top over. Oh. Yeah, we're covering him with a blanket. Mm. Very. This very is the visual was, part of the podcast. Was, the full pillow. Oh, he's readjusting. Oh oh, okay. <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh, he's too good for he's the He's cozy. Oh my god. Pugsley is my Alabrihe. <laughs> oh. Can people share an Alabrihe? No. Oh shit. I already called dibs too. Okay, so. I, get, uh, I get my dog Ollie. Okay. Ollie Brihe. Uh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole opening is really good because i consider that the meat of the movie is him being in the world of the dead but as far as openings and setting the stakes and showing the real world that this movie exists in the opening third i i think is pretty flawless uh, apart from his bad plan and it's also very visually appealing characters are super mobile dante the dog is best character in the movie he's a lot of fun to watch and everything so yeah, I, I really don't have any qualms with the opening. I agree. Uh, Great so minds. Beautiful. One other thing is the Ernesto shrine. Mm-hmm. It's way too many candles. One errant candle would yeah. set ablaze the entire shoe store. Yeah. The whole family's livelihood up in smoke. It, it seems like it'd be impossible to hide up there because of the candles and he's playing guitar and watching TV in an attic, like it can't it's be. Echoey. Yeah, you can hear our squirrels. Yeah, they're not secretly watching TV or setting up shrines for their waifu. Exactly. <laughs> what would a squirrel waifu? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like a raccoon. <laughs> oh, tanuki. <laughs> I guess to kind of segue into the middle third, you know, he gets to the the world of the dead. I don't really have anything controversial to say i do oh shit can you imagine if we went to heaven and you get set up with a fucking job yeah (laughs) god the when he goes to the world of the dead and meets his family then all of a sudden they're just in like customs there are jobs in heaven apparently horrible and there's well it's 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 like the world of the dead but yeah economic classes too that all carries over I'd be pissed. I would, yeah. Sold a bill of lies. <laughs> the, um, and 
this is one of the strongest points of the middle part, in my opinion, is that Pixar always has weird ways of confronting stuff like that. And in this movie, the poor people in the world of the dead are really poor. And it's like, that's not what the movie's about. So I don't think Pixar really takes a stance. I mean, the Pixar richest dude is... What? Pixar is classist. Yeah. Always Cowards. Talking about princesses. Rags to riches. Exactly. Yeah. Who's the middleman? I would say that the... What is Miguel's last name? Not De La Cruz. I want to say Rivera. I would agree with that. The Rivera family makes shoes. I think his family is... I kind of felt like they were middle class, but I feel like they were also a pretty established shoe like mogul. I'd agree with that. As far as we're that. talking about classes. <laughs> you know, in the world of the dead, they, they, they'd probably they be pretty successful. well off. Yeah. They're all well dressed. Yeah, it didn't really highlight how they were all poor. And they lived in a goddamn compound or yeah. something. Massive, massive block of property. I would hate that. Having a compound in Mexico? With, no, living with my family like that. Oh, Christ, right? Could you imagine? All your aunts and uncles also live within the same block radius? Mm-hmm. It, just within the walls. I can't. I hate it. Oh, my siblings live together. I don't get it. I hope they listen to this and hear me question why. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wouldn't live with my siblings. There's only one person I want to live with, Jenny. That's you. Dan. I want to live with Pugsley, too. So. Oh, he's good thing he's out of person. He's my out of person. I like, in the middle, they set up the stakes of the whole movie really well. When people are at customs, and there are TSA agents in, that are dead, and people can't pass over because they're not on the ofrenda. You know, it shows what the end goal of that character, Hector, is. It shows the... Not quite yet, it shows the stakes. It shows the stakes in a really fucked up scene. Yes. When Cheech dies. Yeah. That was really emotional for a midpoint event. And this is also tied to Pixar, showing tough stuff, like classism, in weird ways. Like, Cheech just disappears to dust. Where does he go? And they get a guitar out of the deal and go have a party. (laughs) Much like life. Yeah, just like life. So really good stakes set and very emotional scenes in the middle. And I I like the character of Hector. I I think all of the side characters are good. I'd agree. I like the scene where they go to Frida Kahlo's studio. I totally spaced out about that whole thing, yeah. The entire midpoint of the movie where they have the adventure and like get to know each other and they try to go through all these stakes and Miguel's trying to escape his real family. Not to say that Hector isn't his real family, but the ones he recognizes as his family because they're against music and they won't let him go back to the real world without skipping out on music forever. So he's like, no, 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 I got to do it this way. And so he goes on the adventure. I like the fun part. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and about the fun part, I feel like it's got enough edge. Like I wouldn't call Coco an edgy movie. That whole middle sequence in the city. Yeah, the chase scene. Yeah, it's got like bite to it. Like the there's slums. People dying, but there's a lot of people drinking and partying. And the city where the Battle of the Bands is has back alleys and murkiness to it. It's got a lot of character that I guess I haven't really thought about, but appreciate a lot. You know, it's not just some glossy kids romp, even though it is, but it's got bite. Much like an aged cheddar. Yeah, it's got little crystals of proteins. Shit, I want cheese. God, me too. (laughs) (laughs) After this. Let's eat some cheese. Perfect. Um. Yeah, the Battle of Band scene I think is worth talking about. Yes, I also want to come back to the Cheech thing. Let's talk. Well, let's go to the Cheech thing first, sequence-wise. Yes. So he goes down to these slums, and everyone down there doesn't have a picture on the ofrenda, 
and they're waiting for the last person who remembers them to forgive them. Right. Does that mean that the person who was the last to remember Cheech died? Or does it mean they just forgot? That's a good question. Could it have been, like, maybe Cheech was, uh, he worked at a store, and someone remembered that he handed them change, and they stopped remembering for the last time. Yeah, but Is then, it, oh, what if after that, you know, what if what are the rules if someone is like, oh shit, Cheech, do they pop back or? <laughs> who knows? It must have to be super final. Must have to be someone who remembered you died. No taxi backsies. No taxi backsies. Yeah, and that's something that's really tragic too. The more you think about it, and death in Pixar becomes even more fucked up. That they set it up, and they kind of reference this. Actually, I think they directly reference this. How the great tragedy, so to speak, is that as soon as the person who remembers them dies, then they enter the world of the dead, and since they are now dead, the other person leaves. So there's no crossover. They don't get any reunion. It's just... Yeah, that's a good setup for later, too. Mm -hmm. Mm, God. Sad. Such a good movie. Yeah. Probably one of the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> so when Cheech dies, they had poured out two shots, and then Hector drinks one of the shots. I'm glad they didn't do the liquid goes right through you gag. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a, it, it would have been a bad scene to do it in, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just... <laughs> but the Double rules of skeletons... Every other time I've seen them, the liquid kind of drops down. So are you calling Pixar brave or cowardly for that? They're cowards. Ooh. <laughs> Should have just stuck with it. At least get his clothes wet. <laughs> Doesn't have to splash everywhere. I also love that scene because you find out Hector is a musician. I feel like the more we talk about this movie and the more we think about the middle part and thinking ahead to the end part, Miguel is just this pretty uninteresting character that you just get to watch everything else through all the cool stuff yeah i mean maybe he's the mary sue of the movie yeah he's just a really good musician he shouldn't be as good as he is in the battle of the bands well maybe he should be well everyone's playing uh remember me yeah and if we're talking about brave pixar cowardly pixar i like that for the battle of the bands they could have you know hector says everyone plays remember me it's his best song so rather than miguel play it as well and have it be so moving and so well done that everyone is amazed and he wins. He's just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm doing a different one. And he doesn't do the I'm the best trope. He does the I'm different trope and I'm willing to take a risk thing. So I I think that that was the right move and another bonus to avoid that cliche kind of thing. Do you think in the writer's room they talked about this kind of stuff? Probably, mm-hmm. you know, like... Why don't they talk about how Hector obviously has heard Remember Me a million times, never connected the dots that Ernesto stole his songs? Yeah. Decades in the afterlife? That's one of my big gripes. That Not that exact one, because that's a good point that I've never thought about. <laughs> but like the whole family not caring about music, and then at the end the matriarch of the family being brought back by Remember Me. Even if you shut your windows or... Don't play the radio. The most popular song in the country for decades is going to make its way to that family somehow. And the grandma will be like, no, my dad. But yeah, what the hell? Hector, he was shocked in the big reveal that he stole his songs. Yeah. Well, now the details are escaping me because that feels like such a big plot hole that maybe he was just resentful of them. And then that moment brought it to a head. You know, I wrote down here, I have to change my alibri, hey? 
Um, my true Alibrihe. Can we talk about the party? I do want to real quick say okay. that there's a fucked up thing where Miguel gets in a fight with Hector. This is after he sees Cheech die into the final death in a very emotional scene. And he knows the stakes of him throwing Hector's photo away. Because the whole point is that Hector wants his photo on an ofrenda so he can go back. And Miguel is going to help him do that when he gets sent back. Miguel gets in a fight and just throws his picture away knowing that he's damning him <laughs> to final death. It's it's like, I get you're mad, dude, but... He's also like nine, so he probably doesn't truly understand the consequences. I guess, but he saw it. He saw it. If you see someone get shot when you're nine, not going to go shoot someone unless it's like really fucked up and then you have a lifelong, you know, mental like issue with, with seeing death. Yeah. He doesn't kill anyone. But, to be fair, Miguel wouldn't have been sent back in time to get Hector's picture on the ofrenda. By morning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Miguel already, I think he's a pretty selfish character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when his family's like, you're gonna make shoes, and he's like, I don't want to make shoes. That makes sense. But his dad was so proud. Yeah, that was really sweet. Oh, and also, proud dads. He's not, he, it looks like he's not even the oldest son. No. Right? Unless those are his cousins or something. They could be, I don't know. Because they do all live in the same compound. Mm-hmm. But there's a big meathead kid who's obviously older, the bully, and yeah. he has a sister or a female cousin. I don't remember how many women of childbearing age I saw. I think two. Ah. His mom, and then he has an uncle and an aunt. Um, and then after that, it's his grandma and great-grandma. Okay. So maybe they're his cousins. I... And that's why the dad's so proud. I don't know. These are very minute details. They about are. Family tree to get into. Um... Any who's all, your alabrihe, the party, what would it be? So there's that porcupine that's walking around with snacks on its spikes? Yeah. That's my alabrihe. I thought you were going to say Ernesto's chihuahuas. Those would also be awesome. <laughs> he had a fleet of them. <laughs> Which begs the question, how many can you have? Do you give them up if you don't like them anymore? I mean, it's probably the same as it is in the real world, where it's kind of like fucked up if you give up your pet. It's yeah. fucked up to give up your library. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so they get to this party. There's this montage. I got some secondhand cringe or like embarrassment for Miguel, even though it all worked out. Okay. I hate the scenes where they need to get the attention of a huge room and Miguel does it and he sings a song and everyone pays attention and is wild. And it all works out and he's talented, but still, oh God, I hate watching that. Yeah, me that too. trope. Or the, I keep saying trope. I hate it's watching that. Yeah. That sure type if, of scene. If we looked it up on tropes.com, I'm sure we would. Yeah. What is... It's tropes? What that? What's the website that always gets linked and... Tropes. It's just tropes? I thought it was... It's probably movietropes.com. I'll look it up after this. It's killing me. Um, it's probably killing our listeners, too. Let's give them a second to Google it. Alright, we're back. Welcome back. Okay, so... The party, they have this big, hang. gnarly, big hang. Yeah. Big hang. Play polo. Weird rich people activities. I feel the same way about this sequence as I do about watching Victorian era period pieces, like The Favorite, where rich people, like, they just go out and shoot pigeons. They just do or, stupid shit. Yeah. Do Why they not? have jobs? No. I mean, yeah, but they don't have jobs like you and I have jobs. They just have, um, like, out playing water polo or out, like, sitting at a table eating figs or something or... <laughs> It's just a weird sequence of events where they hang out. They go swimming. We can swimming. eat figs at a table if you want. Is that your yeah, but vision it's in of a big, opulence? It's in a big lawn. We can go the lawn and the mansion are key parts of the opulence. Oh, not the figs. 
Because you can get figs at Whole Foods. Yeah, I'm picturing like a very, you know, those little white tables that yes. are, um, they've got holes in them because of the metal work. It's like wrought iron tables painted white and You've then matching me. chairs. That's, Wire holes? Well, um, a wrought iron table. Mm-hmm. And then the design, like picture a paisley design made out of metal. Yes. So there's gaps in the top of the table. Uh-huh. And then matching chairs. And then you sit sure. on those in the lawn and eat the figs. Do you want that for your birthday? No. I'm just was completing the Victorian picture, you know, from non-Coco movies <laughs> to show how weird this sequence was to me. Weird montage of rich people stuff. Rich guy stuff. So, surprise, surprise, Ernesto is a bastard. And that whole Ernesto is a bastard sequence really was good enough, you know? I like the flashbacks. Yes, where it's revealed that he killed Hector. And where Hector sings to his daughter. Oh, God. Yeah. That's That kind of primes for the emotional ending, like that soft light. Real question in the flashback. Who keeps poison handy? Yeah, what? I was <laughs> going to say, like, if you're ready to use it, but he had no idea Hector was going to leave. Another gap. Yeah. <laughs> weak, weak logic there. It's going to make me giggle for a while. Oh, no. Who keeps poison handy? <laughs> yeah, the I have... One major issue, and this is kind of encapsulating the whole ending, because I've got one big beef with it, and that's uh, after everything happens. You know, Miguel is imprisoned. Ernesto's cool with murdering him, wants Hector gone so he doesn't get exposed as a thief. And a murderer. And a murderer. He's doing his big special. There's a big confluence of the family, and it's the payoff. And it gets to the point where Ernesto is ready to drop, and does drop, Miguel to his death. To be saved by the Alabrije or whatever. But then when he comes back out on stage, everyone is cool with it. Like, by cool with it, I mean they just boo him. And I feel like if you see backstage someone get murdered, it would be a riot to escape. I don't know, my fight or flight would kick in hardcore. My fight or flight is freezing up. You would just stand there. I'm kind of like, oh god, before I take action. Ernesto would throw you off the cliff next. You gotta gotta move. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. It's fight or flight. My snack porcupine will not help in that situation. No. It would make it worse. (laughs) Freeze, have a snack. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant stabbing from landing on the porcupine. (laughs) Also bad. And he couldn't fly. Yeah, that's very true. Doomed that's a true concept. fact about porcupines. <laughs> <laughs> Not even spirit porcupines. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and then they, well, they sing the whole Yorona before the murder scene. And I think that is cool. Because yes. it's grandma. Great grandma. What's her name? He's not Esmeralda, but like... Mama Imelda. Ima- yes. Thank you. I think it's really cool to reveal, like, I love music. But got my shit together. She part... God, what's the word for when you... Duets? No. When you... I have an issue. Compartmentalize. She cart... Say it again. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. (laughs) We haven't had a single drink tonight. I just can't fucking talk. She could... Say it again? Do you say it? Compartmentalize. Yes. <laughs> she could compartmentalize. Ah, uh, okay, so she could cart part. Fuck. <laughs> she could compartmentalize her love of music and her love of her daughter to make a better life for her. And I think her hate for music, the way it was passed down, got twisted. I think that's really interesting. She was definitely like anti anti music, but I don't know if she intended 
for it to go down like that. I don't know because I feel like she it is all her fault because when it's she's totally setting the conditions at the beginning when Miguel is easy out, she's like, okay, you can go home and not be a musician. Like, not try and become a professional musician or not um, pursue it at the expense of everything else, but don't be a musician. Yeah, she definitely had a tainted view. I don't know if she completely intended her great-granddaughter to throw her sandals at mariachi. Yeah. The thing is, like, that's another thing that's a big issue for the whole movie with me. The It'd be so much more believable and if if they didn't have this black or white view, because you could still have the same exact plot and the same exact stakes if it was, you know, don't uh, pursue maniacally or don't try and be professional. Like, his dream could be to be a professional paid musician, not a shoe person. They instead say no music at all, yeah. which is, like, way over the top, in my opinion. Do you think he'd be sent back to the afterworld if he had listened to the radio? Right? By her conditions, like, well, not by her conditions. He could mm-hmm. listen to the radio, but not play along. What if you started singing to the radio? That's being a musician, I think, right? Would you get sent back? Yeah, probably. What would you do? What if? Like, 30 years down exactly. the road. <laughs> <laughs> Just, what the fuck? <laughs> you forget about it, or, like, think it's some childhood trauma that you've repressed through therapy, and then, you know, come back. Because he's young enough for that to happen. That's Goes true. to therapy, it's like, yeah, I went to the world of the dead. And everyone's like, okay, holy shit. <laughs> you know, this is a psycho. Should we talk about the end? Yeah. It's with waterworks. Good God. Probably the most emotional Pixar movie or cartoon that mm-hmm. I could think of in recent memory. Like the one that really got me, really got me going. Yeah. One. I think what does it so much is that Miguel, while singing, was also choked up. And just hearing that is like, oh God, he's so emotional. Really transfers it to me. It's really touching. Really great finale, I think, to the whole thing. Yeah, when she starts talking about her dad. Yeah. Just, oh. Yeah. But then the, the ending, ending is just more tears because Miguel's explaining the ofrenda and then his great-grandma's up there and it's like, oh, God. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah. It, I think it's just, like, a really happy ending with, you know, bittersweet. Like, yeah, like, bittersweet. Yeah, because... I think it plays into the theme really well. You know, you remember some stuff, forget some stuff, and just do your best to stick to what's important. I think it's really, you know, perfect is a appropriate word, but for the, the movie it's in, it's pretty pretty much spot on. Really sticks the landing. Puts a bow on it. Yeah, bow on it. Any other thoughts? Anything that we, like, from whatever point in the movie that you wanted to get out? or Pretty crazy, but the skulls keep their hair. Yeah. Right? That's Everyone, it would be really hard to tell people apart, though. <laughs> without the hair. Unless everyone was like, super good at phrenology in the afterlife. Yeah. There was that scene where Hector was trying to hide and be free to call it and get over, and he like pulled his goatee off. Yeah. Is it just a booming wig industry down there, dude? <laughs> Maybe. Free to the... still has her unibrow. That's I bet true. they made that for her. And her mustache. And her mustache. Anything else? I'm all set for rating. All right. Um, eight. Eight? Eight out of ten. I would agree. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Say eight. I was thinking about bumping it to like eight and a half, but definitely not nine. Not a nine. But for the sake of matching, I'm comfortable with an eight. Okay. Eight it is. Cool. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening if you listened. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye.